Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey, Ashley. Hi, Bola. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well this morning. Doing well. Well, thank you for making time to join me here on the Clever Girls Know podcast. And I am excited to share your incredible success story about how you paid off over $84,000 of debt in 17 months during this crazy pandemic. But before we deep dive into your story, I'd love for you to tell everyone who you are. Sure. Yes, I am a millennial mom. I am a corporate office babe. I am uh, so many other things, but I'm most proud of being a mother, a single mother, and just working in a male-dominated field. I'm a construction manager, so I've been doing that since college and didn't really know that I would be in construction, so that's an interesting story in itself. Also <laughs> didn't know that it would cost me like almost $70,000 to do so, and that was the bulk of my debt, actually, so yeah. Oh, wow. So you had about $70,000 in student loans, and then what was the other $14,000 that made up that eighty-four dollars well, me and my relationship with debt is um, a long-time relationship, so <laughs> it varied over the course of the years, right? So I had a car note, I had a personal loan at one time, and then credit cards. What other kind of loans are there? Because I'm pretty sure- Medical I debt, <laughs> <laughs> personal loans. Uh, oh, you know what? Thank God I haven't had the middle medical debt, so I, not, I won't even put that under my belt. But yeah, at the time when I made the decision to go full-fledged debt-free, I did have 10 credit cards wow. with some kind of balance on a lot of them. And my car note, although I had a rickety car, still have my rickety car. Let me not talk about it too bad because I needed to stay, stay with me right now. <laughs> Um, But I have a car note and yeah, it's financed a a good bit of things. Mm -hmm. So you're working in construction, you're a single mom and you have this $84,000 in debt. What was the moment, the enough is enough moment, the I'm tired of this? What was that moment where you decided that, you know what, I need to figure out how to pay this debt off? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to start a little bit before that. Being a construction manager, I think one of the tools that I have to have is just being good with money. So I manage million dollar projects for clients and I have to be a good steward over their finances and execute the project well. 
So in my mind, I thought I was really kind of, you know, really good at it. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. I had my budget. I've been using like this dusty spreadsheet for years. And it's kind of what kept me above water and, and raising my son as a single parent. I really thought I had it all figured out. So I purchased my first home and then I ended I, I progressed in my career and then purchased my second home and my son's getting older and I'm looking over at him and we're talking about like, what does he want to do when he grows up? And, you know, talking about college. And I was like, wait, college, Hmm, I'm still paying for my college. Like (laughs) six or seven years later, I'm still paying for my degree. And I look over and it is the same balance that I had when I graduated and I was like, no way. Wow. I've been making payments this entire time. Why is my balance still $68,000? Like, seriously, what have I been doing? That was a wake up call for me because I'm like, how can I pay for his? And I'm still paying for mine. And that was the moment. I, it, was, it was a cold, rainy night in December. <laughs> and I was sitting down in my room and I was like, Ashley, how am I going to figure this out? Like, I was even trying to work it in. Like, okay, if I can pay the, continue paying this monthly payment, then I can p- contribute maybe $100 or $50 towards this college. And mm-hmm. I did the math and it just wasn't adding up. It just wasn't adding up. And I was like, forget it. I grabbed all 10 of my credit cards. I pulled out my phone and I recorded myself cutting up each and every single credit card. And I was like, this is enough. I'm not, I'm not borrowing any more money. Oh gosh. I did so many things after that point, but I think the key was to me beginning was me just getting angry. That Mm -hmm. was the key. That was the key. I think that's really important. I tell a lot of people to get angry about it because if you don't have that passion and that commitment behind like that fuel to like want to get rid of it so bad that it makes you hurt then you may not even you may not do anything about it. And for so many years I didn't feel anything towards it. I was numb to it. But once I got angry girl, it was over with. <laughs> it all started at that very moment. I think that must have been really profound. You just realizing, wow, I can't I'm still paying my own college debt and my son is here talking about going to college. How am I going to do that? That must have just been a really profound moment, just having that realization that wait a minute he's about to go to college or he's going to be going to college soon. How, what am I, what is this (laughs) basically? Yeah, it was very humbling, you know, because I could have continued moving along. I could have said, well, we'll just finance it, right? I did it. Why not? You know, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. But it was a humbling moment for me because I had to really look in the mirror and say, you know what, Ashley, you're not all that. You are not all that in budgeting, homegirl. Your spreadsheet is not working. And you are living paycheck to paycheck. And wow. yeah, sure, you, you, you're living a story of corporate success, so to speak. But on the flip side of things, your house is a mess, honey. You know what I'm saying? And I think that when you finally take a look in the mirror and you really see things for what they really are, it's a humbling moment. And at that moment, you decide whether you want to keep looking in the mirror and change what's in the mirror or you just kind of ignore what's in the mirror. Yeah. So... You have this realization, you decide that, okay, I want to focus on paying off this debt. You've cut up your credit cards, by the way, kudos to you, all 10 of them. You you know what your student loan balance is. And so do you mind sharing just what your income was, a ballpark, a range? And also, how did you begin paying off the debt? What were the specific things you were doing based on your income, based on your budget to start to pay down that $84,000 over those 17 months? 
So I'm a construction manager. I've been doing it for about a decade here in Atlanta region. I do big commercial projects and I am a, I'm in the $100,000 range, six figure earner. And it wasn't always like that. As a matter of fact, when I looked in the mirror, <laughs> I had just begun making that type of money. And so, so that was my starting point, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds really good, except for I had also about $1,200 in credit card minimum minimum payment. Every um, month. And I'll tell you a funny story. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so you couple that with a mortgage, couple that with a minimum payment. You couple that with, you know, I got to look good if I got to get my hair and nails done. And my son, my son need new shoes, you know what I'm saying? And so I was paycheck to paycheck as a six-figure earner. And mm-hmm. that's ridiculous, right? But it, it happens. It, that's not so, uncommon. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I always ask folks about income, if they're willing to share on the podcast, is just to provide mm-hmm. context as to your progress. Mm-hmm. You know, six figures, depending on where you live after taxes, brings you down into the five figure range and depending on how much you Mm -hmm. earn. And then when you add in the expenses tied to the cost of living, it eats up a lot of your income. But also everybody's income is relative to the way they pay off their debt. The progress they make to paying off the debt is relative to not just their income, but also how aggressive they're willing to be given the income that they have to get ahead on their debt. So it's always good to know what somebody's income is. But, you know, just because you may not earn six figures if you're listening does not mean that you too cannot pay off your debt in 17 months. And so it's just something to keep in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's I know broke high earning people. Yes. They they <laughs> yeah. they make so much money and they have no money. Like you can spend you can make as much money as possible and you will spend as much money as possible. It's it's really easy to do. Okay. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> oh no. Exactly. I, I love that topic because I love that topic because you know, my family, I was first one to go to college and first one to, you know, gain this kind of stature in life, so to speak. Right. So I was really proud, kind of held up on a pedestal and they didn't even know, my family didn't even know how much debt I was in. And so when I, when I came, when I came out, so to speak about it, they were shocked. They were like, wait, what, how? And I was like, let me show you how. (laughs) And um, so, you know, at that moment, you know, I told you I recorded me cutting up those credit cards. That's actually when I also went on to social media and I began sharing my story month to month payments and everything I did. But let me let me start there. When I cut up the credit cards, I was crying. Okay, it hurt. It hurt really, really bad. So let me not try to make this sound like it's easy. It's not. Okay, it's not. After that, I reevaluated my budget. I got smart. I got. I started researching whoever, whatever I could to like. There's got to be a better way. And I looked up uh, Dave Ramsey. I looked up the financial communities online. There was this lady named Bola, and she had this clever girl finance platform, and I loved it. And so, <laughs> you see what I did? There? I was, I was <laughs> like, wait a minute, who's Bola? <laughs> <laughs> my brain was trying to connect the dots <laughs> that's so funny I, I just sought out financial literacy so getting smart was was the first thing what was I doing that was broken that wasn't working it were the people that that, that got it figured out so getting educated was key I did so many things okay so I'm, I'm kind of once I got angry I, I really was like gung-ho about the whole thing so Getting educated, cutting up credit cards, stopping the things that weren't working for me, like swiping my card. I also switched to cash. 
So mm-hmm. for my regular purchases, I I went and and every week I went to the bank and I got out a certain amount of money for food, certain amount of money for household items and fuel, that kind of thing. And it was cash envelopes or, or paper clips or whatever I could find to keep the money separated and intact. And we counted every dollar, me and my son. And that's also a key point I want to make known. I have You have to include your family in what's going on. Otherwise, they're going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're crazy anyway, but you have to allow them to join in with you on the process. So I had conversations with my son on basically what no means. <laughs> I had a, a mom, can I have this? No. Let me tell you why. And I so once that. I told him our why, yeah, I told him our why. I made him a part of our why. He eventually got it, uh, but he he challenged me the most. I'll tell you that because, I mean, my whole life was dedicated to making sure that he had a, a good life, right? So it was really hard for me to say no to a lot of things that we have grown accustomed to having to say yes to, right? Yeah. So that was key. The cash on the little saying no, my why. Oh, I also created or, or printed out these payoff charts and I had them posted on my wall, my refrigerator. I kept them laminated and every, every step of the way I I recorded it. I shared it and I colored it in. We colored it in together. Um, We celebrated whether that was with, you know, simple things like pizza or coffee or, you know, just having a nice dinner out, out for once. We celebrated every win. We visualized every win. That's really what kept me motivated. I cut it. I called insurance companies to cut my insurances down. I did, I, I did garage sales. I got on Poshmark, which I still can't figure out, but I was able to sell a couple of shoes on that thing. Um, <laughs> I, let me tell you, Bola, I did it all. I did it all because I just had so much. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going halfway. I'm going all the way. And I, and I did so many things, but the, the biggest thing that really helped pay off the debt was I told you I bought a, my first property in college actually and it was a townhome my first property was great I was holding on to it so I was a landlord also and I had a renter in my property and you know that has like a certain prestige to it mm-hmm. you know like oh, I own property I own property, <laughs> I, own property. I have but tenants I, I talk to like <laughs> you know I have tenants yes I collect rent and money okay? You got to look at the numbers. This sounds good, but what are you really doing? So I talked to my tax accountant at the time and I was, she was showing me, you know, what my actual income was on that rental property. And it was nothing. Like, you know, after paying the mortgage, because I still had a mortgage on it, paying the mortgage with the rent money that I was collecting, taking care of whatever incidental taxes throughout the year and taxes and HOA fees and all that. I was, I made maybe $2,000 a year on that and I was like, what? And I looked at the bigger picture, talked to my tax accountant about that too, and saw that the big, the, the money was in the equity. The money was in the equity in the home. So the appreciation. I was yeah. holding on to the, oh yeah. So I was holding on to the prestige of being a rent a property owner and not looking at the appreciation of it. And the, I, I looked over, I had, this was about 14 months into my debt-free journey. So I had already paid off about 40 thousand or so when I from all your different little things you were doing oh yeah from all that stuff I was doing it finally I was like gosh I'm I'm gonna be at this another 12 to 16 months okay let's do it but I looked at that property and I saw I kid you not this is almost like ordained I looked at the value of the equity and the balance I had left on my debt 
And I kid you not, Bola, they were like almost within $100 of each other. And I was wow. like, God, is that you? Is that you <laughs> trying to tell me something? <laughs> and so, Bola, I did, a, I did a hard thing and I sold that property to to really push the needle on becoming debt free. And, and, and I know that that's not typically the case for a lot of people. But the point there is sometimes you got to do some hard yes. stuff to get get big wins on, on your journey. And to get um, uncomfortable. That, that's just my testimony. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah. you, you have to decide mm-hmm. how bad you want it. You could decide it. You could have decided that, you know, what I'm going to sit on the equity in this home and not sell it. And I'm just going to continue going this aggressive approach of Poshmark and meal planning and whatever to pay off my debt. But you were mad at your debt and you wanted to get it out of your life as soon as possible. And that's what you did. And the truth is that once you are able to get the debt out of your life, when you get to the other side, the recovery is so much quicker because all that money that you are putting towards debt is now money you can use to put back into investing, to put into property, to put into business, whatever it is that you want to do to start to build long-term wealth and assets, you now have this freed up capital in every single paycheck that you can now aggressively put towards those goals. So you haven't lost anything, right? If anything, you've, you've gained your freedom and now you're gaining wealth because you have money to put towards those assets. And if you're listening to this, yes, Ashley had property, but I guarantee you there are many, many things that you probably have in your life, in your home that you can downsize right now to bring in extra cash. And a a recent episode that I did was with Mel, where she talked about just finding money from canceling Apple TV that she didn't even know was charging her credit card $300 a month or Apple, one of the Apple Mm -hmm. subscriptions, you know, calling up her phone company and saving $80 there. There are so (laughs) many opportunities looking in your closet, looking in your kitchen, look in your garage. What can you sell on Facebook Marketplace, on Poshmark? Yes, it's going to be inconvenient. It's going to be annoying. It's going to be irritating. You're going to have to spend time listing the item, taking pictures, dealing with unserious people who just send you messages but may not be serious about buying. But that is how you are able to bring in extra money. And we all have those opportunities that are staring at us. I'm sure if I go into my closet or my kids' closets, I have some opportunities staring at me. Oh, yeah. To make money. Right now. I'm thinking about it myself. I'm like, gosh, I'm holding on to that coat from 2015. Exactly. Don't you don't need it. <laughs> so how how are you able to stay motivated? Because I'm sure there were some days where you just wanted to go out and spend money or you're like, oh, my God, I'm done with this. It's so hard. I hate this. How did you just stay motivated and focused on your big goal? Community. That That's the biggest thing. I, I When I began sharing my story online and I began telling everybody what I was doing and they started asking me why I can't hang out with them as much or why am I paying for cash and nobody does that. I really, once I started sharing my story and there were people that were also in similar boats and they didn't even, they were like, oh, wow, she's talking about this. And they came to me like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Hey, don't tell nobody, but how do you do it? <laughs> you know? like, the, the community of knowing that I wasn't alone, social media, seeing people win, seeing people make those same sacrifices that I know I was going to make or have to make or ideas about sacrifices that I would need to make. That propelled me. That kept me going. Also, I think I've talked about the small celebrations along the way. That's really important. Community was a big thing for me to keep me going. When I was sharing my story, when I was posting online, when I was sharing it with my family, they were shocked at first, but a lot of them were like, oh my gosh, like 
I am in the same boat and don't tell nobody, but like, how did you do it? You know, they wanted to, to figure out like, what I found out is that I wasn't alone. And there were people that also were struggling with their finances, didn't want to speak about it. It was taboo. And they, they also wanted, they were inspired and wanted to join along. And so that was huge for me. So sharing online and getting those comments, seeing people win, seeing people become debt free, all of those things really helped propel me and kept me going. Another thing I talked about those visual trackers, those were key because I could see the progress happening. Those charts were getting colored in, the charts were disappearing. So it was like, oh, this is working. Oh, let me do another chart. And let me say, I had a lot of charts because Homegirl had a lot of debt. So I I just kept seeing those every day and I still have them. They are laminated. I will be passing them on to my son and he will be passing it on to his children. Like that is that monumental for me. Those visuals were, were key. The, the last thing, though, was, was really my son, just knowing the why, why we were doing it, what it would look like. We were talking about the things that we were going to do when it, got, when it happened, when it was going to get paid off. So, Mom, we're going to do this. We're gonna do, and, yeah, I'm going to do this. And, we're, and so talking about, like, actually visualizing and, like, manifesting and, like, putting ourselves in the future, that also kept us going. And, you know, those celebrations and also the coffee every now and then and nice dinner just to celebrate. That those I mean those things are key and you got to keep exercising. You have to be, you know. Yes, there were times where I was just like, I don't feel like it. You know, I saved up a <laughs> lot of money and I would wait till the I would wait till the end of the month to make the payment. I didn't do it like little by little like, as it came in. I would okay. I would collect it all and then record myself making those big payments. And for me, and you got to figure out what works for you. But for me, that felt like big progress. Um, yeah. To, to work all work hard all month, collect it at the end of the month, work on my budget, and my budget told me that I could do this much, and boom, I did it in one time. And so, yeah, once you create your routine and you get your your community behind you, it yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah, I definitely agree with the community having a support system, having accountability, whether it's online, people in person. A lot of people say to me that I don't have the people around me in person, but there's so many social communities that you can engage in right now that people will motivate you and support you, even if you want to be anonymous. And I love the fact that you and your son Mm -hmm. talked about your dreams and your goals of what you were going to do once you got to that debt freedom point, which is really a way to stay motivated and stay focused and continue the the journey to paying off your debt. So that's really great. Congratulations on such a big accomplishment and, you know, making those sacrifices. So you are on this other side where you have paid off your debt. And what are you doing to make sure that this is permanent? You don't get, well, the student loans are gone, but how are you Uh ensuring that you don't go back (laughs) to the 10 credit cards and $1,200 a month minimum payments? There's a certain growth that you go through while you're doing this journey. So once you become more educated about money while you're doing the whole thing. So mm-hmm. it's like you really don't, there is, you're, you become a new version of yourself. So it's funny, a lot of the things that I thought I would want to do once I became debt free are no longer my dreams and my goals. I actually am now looking more into wealth building and, you know, generational wealth and um, multiple streams of income. And so those things are now my dreams. And those are the things that I now work towards. 
and of course now we're taking the week now that they're allowing us to travel and you know all things are getting better in our world we can now travel more we can now plan for those things the same tools that i used during my debt-free journey became became a lifestyle for me not all of them okay because couponing is hard okay it is hard (laughs) but but I still meal plan. I still get on social media and I share weekly meal plans and, and I cook with my with my with my followers and we we create meal plans together and I still some of that stuff still carries forward. I still carry cash for a lot of things when it, when I do get to go out, I'm carrying cash and that's what that like. So I still I still carry forward a lot of the things I learned. I'm mm-hmm. becoming a newer person in this financial journey. And now it's about growth and longevity and, and generational wealth for me. And, you know, if, if I were to find, I'm not like super anti-debt, but I'm not pro-debt, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell people, You can leverage oh, debt for, for, for things. Not. Purchase a home, real estate investing. Absolutely. You know, the whole idea with leveraging debt is that you're able to generate enough cash flow that covers the debt where the the cost of that debt is not coming out of your pocket. So, for example, with real estate investment, right, you want to get into real estate investment. Your focus is on being cash flow positive. That means the money you get, let's say you become a landlord or landlady, the money you get from your tenant not only covers your mortgage, it covers you being able to create a buffer for repairs and emergencies, and it also allows allows you to create profits or have profits where that rent is paying for everything, including the debt, right? So there are ways to leverage debt smartly, but you have to have your own financial house in order first. <laughs> exactly. And I did it the wrong way for so many years, right? Going back to the, you know, being a property owner. And that's the component that people, that people miss. That's the component mm-hmm. that I miss, that financial the understanding of now how to really move money and work with money and make money grow for you versus just having it and not being smart about what what you have. So yeah, Yeah. all all those things I've learned through this journey. It wasn't just about paying off debt for me. It was about just changing and transforming my life. So speaking of multiple streams of income and side hustles, now that you are on the other side of paying off your debt and you have all these lessons learned, you are also now the founder of your own platform called Talk Cash with Ash. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Talk Cash with Ash just kind of organically became this thing. I, you know, as I told you, I shared my whole story online and some of it was quite embarrassing. I've even shed tears with some followers like, can y'all believe them about the pages? It's crazy. <laughs> um, and so since then, I've, I've taken on select clients, I'll call them, to really help them um, on their journey. And I call so I call them select clients because I really know that this is a journey and I take my time with, with people and really walk with them on their journey because everybody's story is so different. Mm-hmm. And what may have worked for me will not work for them. So we, I, I talk to a lot of moms and a lot of women that want to want to do the same thing they want to pay off debt or they or they want to build something for their future so talk cash with ash has has been or it just organically became this thing and so now i'm trying to build a framework around it for business and a side hustle and it it, it makes me money but it also makes me so happy and so like the best of both worlds and 
that's the thing. And I think this meal planning thing that I'm on is also going to kick off into something. So <laughs> it's exciting to be able to, 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 to dabble in this entrepreneurship world because I'm a corporate office kind of nine to fiver type of yeah. person. And so this is new for me, and but it's exciting and I'm, I'm excited to be here. That is great. Well, congratulations on that. And I would love for you to share advice with the women who are listening, the moms who are listening, the women who are at that space where they're like, oh, wow, they're facing their realizations about their own debt. What advice would you give those folks who are just starting their own journeys towards becoming debt free? I would say get angry. (laughs) And I know that sounds crazy, but it really was a game changer for me. Get angry get real, get honest with yourself. And you don't have to include everybody in your story at first. You get comfortable in your own space and you look at your own debt. You pull it all out and you you face it head on and don't tell yourself lies and stories or excuses or sure, get it out if you need to, but get angry and then get, get do something about it. What I know most about women is that we are so resilient And we are so much more than we sometimes think we are. We're hard on ourselves, but there is passion there. We bring a certain level of empathy to what we do. And I believe in you and I I believed in myself and didn't even realize I needed to. So get angry and, and get to work. I love that. And before I let you go, everybody answers this question. And so you have to, too. <laughs> what is your Clever oh Girl God. superpower? <laughs> <laughs> My Clever Girl superpower is that I'm funny. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually happy to say that. Like, I make this finance thing funny because, I mean, you can't take yourself too seriously here. Okay, so get fun and have fun with money. I'm funny. I'm Oh, you made me laugh. I think that was my... (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) And it just occurred to me that just before the pandemic, before the craziness of the pandemic, we had actually featured you on the Clever Girl Finance Instagram account about your success story of like, I think you were making progress on your journey, but it's so amazing to over a year later now to see that you have paid it all off. So just congratulations it's it's always Thank so heartwarming so to to see those success stories, especially when you started at the beginning with them, which we kind of did. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Absolutely. You guys were definitely my community. I talked about that for sure. Y'all were definitely community. And yeah. that post right there, I'm telling you, that kept me going. I was like, because you put it out there. Yes. You told I'm going to pay off my debt. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Ashley. Tell everyone where to find you, where to find Talk Cash with Ash, what services you offer. Let Mm -hmm. them know. For sure. My name is Ashley and I am the founder of Talk Cash with Ash. You can find me on your Instagram and Facebook. And you can also send me messages on both platforms to to chat with me. I offer one-on-one sessions. I offer meal plan sessions and I offer fun so you can hit me up anytime. <laughs> that is talk cash with Ash. No space, no apostrophe, no comma. Just uh, talk cash with Ash. I love it. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you, Bola. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.